you might know you have eternal life. Amen. I'm uh, glad to be here. How many of you uh, took a nap today? Amen. Yeah. Would you raise your hand real high? All right. How many of you wanted to, you just didn't get to? Yeah. All right. How many of you stayed up last night watching football late? Yeah. How many of you glad you've been here both services today? Amen. How many of you think the music today and this, this evening was a great blessing? Amen. It was, wasn't it? I don't know if I've ever heard that song they sung this morning. That was good. We need to sing that one again. That was good. And um, we've got a lot of folks visiting church, especially on Sunday morning, so I hope you will uh, do your very best getting to know people and Make yourself, uh, you know, the Bible says that if you have friends, you're going to have to show yourself friendly. And uh, that is very true. And uh, make yourself approachable. And uh, sometimes people say, well, I just don't know. Well, sometimes uh, if I've got an old scowl look on my face all the time, it just doesn't make it easy for people to come to me and uh, be friendly. So uh, let's work on it. And I know our church is a friendly church. And so... uh, I'm trying, uh, I don't do this often, but uh, usually I know what I'm going to preach when I get up here, but tonight I'm, I'm between two different thoughts. So I'm just going to talk my way through it here and we'll see how we go. How many of you guys think uh, right after church tonight we can run over to the gym and get those tables up? How many of you would be willing to help? Would you raise your hand? That's plenty. Okay. How many of y'all believe God's work is the most important thing on the planet? Amen. How many of y'all believe in a local church? Yeah. I do too. And I'm really trying to keep my attitude right about things. Anything that takes precedence over God's church, I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The local church. We're going to be involved and be a part of a church. Well, that's where we ought to be. And because uh, there's a lot to be done here, church. There's a lot of things. There is a lot of responsibility here. There's a lot. I thought about it today, just driving by the church. I looked and said, "Man, somebody got to keep that grass mowed." I know who does it. I got it. Amen. <laughs> and I look and I see that sign, and somebody's got to fix that. Get that sign. Could keep changing. I mean it. There's a lot of work. And then, you know, we walked in yesterday and, and or walked in today and there's a bunch of tables and chairs over in the gym. They got to be put back up. And then we're looking at all of our things that we've got coming up this fall. And you say, Pastor, what makes that go easier? That when everybody jumps in, mm-hmm. that possibly can be a part. That's what a local church is. If you read in Acts, man, I mean, they were involved and getting it getting it getting it done and helping and and uh, you know I thought about the prayer breakfast somebody's got to cook the food and uh, I thought about our nursery man thank God for all you ladies that watch the nursery there's a lot that takes place you know there's a lot that takes place in the church and I appreciate we have a church that is very active and tries to help where they can and I and I also understand people have lives you have a family, 
you know, I, I thought this. I mean, here we are. We're announcing, hey, how many of you can take out of your schedule and go pick up people for church? You know, that, that takes people's time. Um, so, but we ought to uh, be... We had a theme in our church several years ago. Think not on the things of ourselves, but on the things of what? Others. So God help us. If we're not careful, we get very, very selfish. And we get very inwardly looking. Would you open your Bible to the book of Ephesians? The book of Ephesians tonight, chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And I am, I would amen, Brother Don. I'm glad that I belong to a church that has a lot of things going on. I'm against anything that makes things easier for people to be more worldly. And I think the subject that we look at tonight, if we read, and not my words, but we look at the very words of God, I think it's very important that we understand the ramifications of the, even the passage that we're dealing with tonight. And I hope that as we read the Bible, you'll look at the words and take them as truth, because that's what the Bible is. But I want you to understand in the way God emphasizes the thing that he does here. So let's look at verse 10 in Ephesians chapter 6. I want you to notice what he says. As he closes out this epistle, as he closes, and by the words, usually last words are the most important words. They wait to what? Save the best for last. They want to remember the very last thing they wrote. So I want you to notice, finally, my brethren, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to, what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly. As I ought to speak. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll take your word and help us now and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice verse 12, for we wrestle. That's the title. I can't help, must be a little humorous here. Uh, My uh, grandson, Cade, and I, uh, we have been wrestling here lately. I've been trying to show him some moves. I've been showing him the suplex. I've been showing him the jackknife powerbomb. I have been showing him the body slam. I have been showing him the brain buster. I have been showing him how to pin, a three-count a three count pin. And every time I do that and I get him down and I put his shoulders down and he won't get up, I go, 
one, two, three, and I raise my hands up and I say, I won. He said, no, you didn't. He doesn't understand that you have a three-count fall, three fall. You're down. You're down for the count. And I said, no, Cade, you got to put your, you, when you get someone's shoulder down in the, in the fake wrestling, it's three, but in the real one, it, it's just one, real quickly. How many, did anybody wrestle in high school? All right, so y'all know the thing's real. But, you know, we know a lot of that on TV is not real. It's, it's, it's entertainment. But, man, it, it's, in the past, it's been good entertainment. Amen. Say your prayers and eat your vitamins. And all of you that know that, I can age you by that. Some of you younger people have no idea what I'm talking about. But uh, I want you to know, try to be a little humorous, but to be fair, there's nothing humorous about this passage of Scripture. There's nothing funny. Because the Bible says, for we wrestle. So we're wrestling. How many of y'all are a child of God? Amen. Amen. So I want y'all to know, if you're doing this thing right, you're wrestling. You're wrestling. You're in a match. And it's the match of your life. And I want you to notice in verse 11, the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now that word wiles means his craftiness. Now here's what's amazing to me about the devil. Uh, The Bible uses the word wiles. He's crafty. But here's what's amazing. He uses the same things all the time and they still work. He might change the name. He might change the look a little bit. But I want to promise you this. His craftiness is the same. So we are dealing, we are wrestling. And the Bible says we have to deal with the craftiness of the devil. He's slick. I mean, he's slick. He's not going to get you more than likely with big, black, bold sin. By the way, he does that still and it still works. But usually... He makes it look really good or sound good or makes it, it's crafty. It's the wiles of the devil. I've thought of it a thousand times, a hundred times. I never thought of it until I went to Bible college. I had a professor look at us one day and teach. He said, have any of you, and I know I've shared this with you before, but you can tell it had an impact on my life. I hope it will have an impact on yours. Probably many of you can quote it. So, Pastor, I've already heard that. Well, I'm okay that you've heard it. I'm okay that you heard it, but I'm not okay if you've heard it and you don't put it to heart. It's not just a cute little story, something that I heard many years ago and say, oh, that's just something that really got to the pastor. No, it's truth. Y'all ever read Rat Poisoning? Do it. I I would encourage you to go look at it. Read the ingredients on it. I'm going to tell you what it is. 99.95% doesn't do anything to the rat because it's edible. It's real food. It's the .05 that's that that active ingredient. Guess what that .05% does to the rat, kills the rat. Now people are smart enough to realize if they're going to trick a rat, an animal, they have to embody it in something that's good. They have to be crafty. And So by the way, I want you to know something. The devil's the master of being crafty. So he doesn't care if you think it's great, good, and wonderful. If there's error in it, it still kills people. It's still dangerous. And I wish that people would wake up and see it and quit thinking, oh, well, that's good for rat poison. No, it's good for us. 
Now that's, that's Bible language. He says to stand against the wiles of the devil. That means the devil is crafty. That means that he knows how to put the .05% in your life. He knows how to make that look good. He knows how to adorn that error in such a way that here's what we say, oh, that's not too bad. Well, that rat poison is not too bad either, but it's the .05% in time that kills the rat. Somebody give me a witness. It's truth. But for some reason, we believe that about rat poison, but we don't believe that about our own lives. So God says very strong language here. By the way, this kind of preaching probably wouldn't, none of y'all would have been, it wasn't even hard preaching this probably 60 years ago, but y'all try it today. Why? I believe because of culture. By the way, here's what's important. The very end of this, you know what Paul asked for? He said, how about after y'all put on that whole armor of God, and we're going to talk about it quickly tonight. You do all of that and you pray. Did you know what else he said to do before he closed out this chapter? He said, why don't you pray for me that God will give me boldness to say and to preach what needs to be said and told. Because I'm going to tell y'all something right now. That ain't easy. And by the way, that's why most Christians won't open their mouth and say what they need to say because they know they're going to make somebody mad. It does take boldness to stand for the truth because by the way, you're very likely to be misunderstood and you're very likely to not be liked. (laughs) But in the end, we see it. It's right here in the Bible. It's very clear. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The craftiness of the devil. So we have to understand we're wrestling. We're in a match. I want you to know something. It's a real struggle. There's the first thought. When you talk about the Christian life, I want you to know it's wonderful. I'm glad I'm saved. Are y'all glad y'all are saved? I'm glad I'm saved. It's wonderful. I'm glad that I can go to bed at night, have peace, knowing that if I die in my sleep, I'm going to go to heaven. There's great peace in that. And I want you to know something. I don't, we're, we're, but if we're wrestling, we're in a match and we don't want to get pinned. And we can't jump up like my grandson and say, you didn't win. Well, I just pinned you for three seconds. Can I help y'all? And y'all know this already. The devil's trying to pin you. Our understanding of that is vital. Every mom and dad ought to get plugged in and clued in on that. We have a real struggle going up. We're matched up a re- with a real opponent. It's not some little, little man either in a pitchfork and with little horns either. You're, you're not matched up with that. I mean, if that's all we were matched up with, I mean, the cartoonist can't scare us. But we're dealing with this angel of light. We're dealing with the father of all lies. We're dealing with all of the wiles of the devil. And we're going to look at another word here. Well, it's right here. The wickedness. I mean wickedness. We're dealing with wickedness. By the way, this is a match that deals with us mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We wrestle. 
Christian life's blissful. It's a peace life. It's a joy life. It's a life that should be full of purpose. But still, we're in a match. So be diligent. For we wrestle. I want to say it's a struggle. And why does God give this language? This is pretty stern language. This is pretty stiff. He said, for we wrestle against, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. I mean, this is a real serious thing. Understanding this and getting prepared for this is vital. Think about it. We've got to get prepared mentally. Now, this is some human psychology, but I believe it's right. Um, do y'all listen to coaches? I, I listen to coaches. I try to listen to them because it amazes me. There's very few coaches that I have ever listened to to try to pep talk their team or to instruct their team that I've not heard, very few that I've never heard use a principle that comes from God's word. They might say it a different way. They might use language that we wouldn't recommend. But I'm going to tell you something right now. There are certain things that don't get any better than what the Word of God teaches. Would all of you agree? And I've heard coaches over and over and over. And I know Brother Nate played for Middle Tennessee State University. And I'm sure he heard Coach Stockstill on many times in the pep room and the talk before out in the locker room. Before they went in. I'm sure many of y'all played high school ball. And I want you to know something. Here's what they say. Get your mind right. Get your mind right. Get your mind on the game. Get your mind in the game. Look, you're going to have to be out there and have mental toughness. Mental toughness. Mental toughness. If you're going to win that game, you're going to have to take some hits, but you're going to have to stay in the game. How many of y'all heard that? Keep your mind in the game. By the way, you've got to keep your mind in the match. You're wrestling. For instance, if I'm trying to suplex you, if you know what I'm getting ready to do, you got your mind in the match, you're going to counteract that suplex. Amen? How many of y'all know what a suplex is? Y'all talk to Cade, he knows what it is now. <laughs> Legs straight up in the air. <laughs> Drop him back. Of course, I do it on the bed. Can I give you a reason why the Bible tells us that we wrestle, why God gives us information? I believe the reason why is, for example, if I know what I'm in for, I'm not shocked. If I know what I'm in for, I can prepare myself mentally to know what I'm getting ready to struggle with. I'm going to get ready to know what I'm striving for and why I'm in this match and why I need to be standing strong because of the wiles of the devil. He's crafty. I'm not going in. <laughs> I'll never forget, I, and I don't mean it, I, I just can't help it. It's just what came to mind, Brother Robert. I remember Brother Robert the first time, one of the first times he came here for our penny war. And Brother Robert came in and he said, hey, I'm going to help the girls win. And he brought in, and I'm not being ugly, every amount matters, but he brought in two 50-cent rolls of pennies. I said, well, Robert, it's going to take a whole lot more than that. Now, the reason I said that, because I know, based on Robert's mind, he's like, oh, we're talking penny wars. So I, I didn't say anything, and I've never talked about it since. I just get tickled about it, because I thought Robert had no clue, no idea what penny wars were like at Tiftonia Baptist Church. 
So he came in with his two squirt guns. Uh, y'all understand what I'm saying? It's important that we come into this thing. Some people's lie to and say, oh, once you get saved, everything's hunky-dory, everything's great. You know, these prosperity people on TV, they're all, oh, you don't have no problems. Just send us the money. I want to tell you something. When you get saved, you get in a war. It's a match. And the devil's trying to pin you and your family. And I can promise you he wants to pin this church. God help us. God help me. So the struggle. Can I say number two? The spiritual wickedness. Our opponent is clearly defined. He's not doing the clown either. Any of you WWF wrestling fans would know there used to be Doink the Clown, the Hulkster, the Macho Man Randy Savage. You know, I know some of y'all are looking at me like crazy. How many of y'all know who Randy Macho Man Savage was? He's a, he was a man. He, of course, he's dead now. But growing up, man, I mean, he was the one to break into a slim gym. That was all fun and games. Listen to me. This wrestling match here is for our lives. Yes. Our opponent's not somebody like that. And by the way, they're not acting either. They're not playing. The devil's telling you exactly. The Bible tells us what the devil wants to do. He's like a seeking, like a roaring lion who he may what? Destroy. <coughs> the Bible says wrestle. It's a struggle. It's to contend. We're trying not to be defeated. We're trying not to be pinned. If we're wrestling, we're trying not to get pinned. We are struggling. We are absolutely contending. And he's very clearly defined here. Notice the Bible says that number one, the wiles of the devil. I've talked about it. But then notice this. We're dealing with the powers. We're against, against power, principalities, and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And I want y'all to thank me. Just think with me just a moment. If I was to use language like this, oh, he's okay. That's not going to alarm you much. When I say something like, oh, he's okay. For instance, you know, there's this man that is loose up in Pennsylvania. They're trying to find him. He was in two people's homes last night. And uh, he's dangerous. He, he's, he's murdered somebody. So everybody up there in that area, they're taking it serious because they know what they're dealing with. Well, by the way, every morning we wake up to a murderer. So, but if I was to use language like, oh, he's okay, well, then here's what's going to happen everybody here. You're going to feel safe, safer. I walked out to my truck the other day and I had me a nice little note. I hadn't seen my I hadn't seen notes for a long, long time, and I walked out in my truck the other day, and I had me a nice little note uh, underneath my windshield wiper. I said, "Oh, I know who's back. I have a friend that likes to leave me notes. It's been a while, but if I use language like, oh, he's okay, then not much. And then if I say, oh, he's bad, oh, well, then there a little bit more of a." A little bit more of a, a little bit more of a rousing. There a little bit more of concern because we understand that. Let me just say this: so What if I use language like this? Oh, he's mean. 
Well, we've roused up a little bit more because if someone's mean, that means that. But what if I say this? Well, I'm going to tell you all right now, that's evil. Well, let's go perk us all up a little bit more. What, what if I say, though, what God uses here? Y'all ready? How about if I say they're wicked? By the way, y'all look at it. It's not my language. But we're dealing, wrestling against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. That's serious. Playing for keeps. You know why he tells us that? He, needs us, he wants us to know what we're up against. And that's why we as sheep need to be careful walking around in wolf country. We must understand wicked powers. Bible says rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness. I'm not trying to scare you tonight. This is Bible. But I want you to know something. We can't see what we're really dealing with. But God's trying to teach us and tell us you're dealing with things that you can't see. But they're very wicked. And by the way, they might come to you in flesh and blood. But that ain't really what you're dealing with. Are y'all with me? Yeah, you're right. Now the only flesh and blood I know is people. So if God tells me that I'm not always dealing with a person, then that that means I'm dealing with something bigger than they are. Somebody say amen. And some people get nervous when we start talking like this because they say, oh, I tell you right now, that's just the government. Well, I'm going to tell you all right now, there's a whole lots of things going on in the government. More than flesh and blood. You say, oh, well, that's just an agenda that somebody has. Oh, wait a minute. You're not battling or wrestling against flesh and blood. You say, oh, pastor, that's just an attitude. Again, you're not dealing with flesh and blood. Notice what you're dealing with. The Bible says against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Y'all know what? You're dealing with demonic forces. Now, why is that important to uh, emphasize this? It's help us to know who you're up against. And I'm going to tell you all right now, here's what's going to have to start happening in all of our lives, including mine. We're going to have to get aggressive. I've never seen anybody win a wrestling match by just kind of going, oh, that ain't too bad of a move. Oh, go ahead and do what you want as long as you, you know. Uh, no, I mean, if someone's wrestling, they're, they're, they're aggressive. They're, they're, they're paying attention. Their mind's in the match. They realize the opponent that they're up against. We understand that in sports. We, we understand that in a lot of things. But it amazes me. It's like those things don't come over to the Christian life. And they should. By the way, the team that I like, they lost last night. Y'all know what? In the scheme of things, it really don't matter. It really don't. I got up this morning. I was just fine. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a whole lot more games and matches in life that's more important for us as a Christian. And what I'm saying is we put so much stock in things that really don't matter and we're not aggressive where we should be. And the most important things of life. So it helps us to know where we are, who we're up against. We've got to get aggressive. We can't be passive. And it should motivate us to action. 
Now, quickly, and I'm going to close. Can we see the spiritual armor? God gives us some defense and some offense in this match. Notice he motivates us to practice. And y'all like these words or don't like these words, but these are just simple. These are simple. There's not one of these principles here in the armor of God that not a one of you, even to the smallest child, doesn't understand. And all of you have heard them before. But they still work. Y'all ready? Simple. Number one, what is it? Stand. The word stand here is mentioned three or four times. Stand. Withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Then verse 14, stand. So I think God tells us that we have to stand. And I'm afraid to tell you we're not. We're not. Y'all know what we're doing? We're moving. We're moving with the culture. Oh, well, that's not the way things are done anymore. Well, I'm sorry. I understand what you're saying. But some things should stay the same. We have to stand. Stand. He says, look, why? Because the devil's getting craftier. So what do you, oh, we got to get smarter. We got to do things different. No, he said, I want you to stand. Do y'all know, can I help y'all? If y'all are going to win this match, y'all know what it is. Y'all going to have to say no. Because y'all know what? And I know what I'm talking about here. I'm just telling you straight up. There are things now that is so easily that can get us and get us into sin. By the way, all these phones and all this social media that we have, some of you need to learn how to say no or get rid of it. Stand. I mean, there's nothing glorious about saying you have to stand. You just got to get, you got to say no. You, you, got, you have to say no to your flesh. You have to stand against your flesh. It's not easy. Because we're all selfish. We're all without the Lord. We, we, we yield into our flesh. We want to do certain things. We want to say certain things. That's why God says, look, there's no easy way to win this match. You have to stand. Stand. We got to stand. Stand. We got to stand on our doctrine. We got to stand on our beliefs. We got to stand what the Bible teaches. It's very simple, but we have to stand. We have to say no to our flesh. We have to say no to worldly influences. We have to say no. When our children come home, and by the way, parents, I'm going to tell you all, this gets tougher as they get older. And I know this. I'm not saying because our children are at their age. I'm just telling you, as they get older, I've watched it because. When children get older, they can really reason with you and they can really talk with you and they can make things really sound good. I've seen preachers change their whole convictions that was a conviction, but now that their children are older, it's changed. No, then it wasn't a conviction. If it's what you believe was the best thing to do back then, and by the way, I know some things change, but I'm not talking about our convictions. If we believe something from the Word of God, listen to me, that don't change. Oh, I get it. Preferences and different things like that, that might change. I get all of that. But he says you got to stand no matter what. Why? It's mental warfare. Stand. This is the first part of the armor of God. We must stand. And then notice he just goes right down this list. And we would all call these the fundamentals of our Christian faith. There's not one here that you've not heard. Stand. That's simple. Number two, he deals with what? The loin. 
Or know the truth. Look at the next. It says, and you've got to have your loins girded about with truth. You've got to know the truth. Loins girded about with truth. You're walking around with the truth. What these children did tonight, they're hiding God's Word in their heart. Their loins. They've got the truth on. They're walking around with truth. You're combating evil and spiritual wickedness with truth. What did the devil, how did the Lord defeat the devil in his way of temptation? He gave him the truth. The devil already knew the truth. But you've got to know the truth. That's why coming to church and going to Sunday school and going as much as you can, reading your Bible, listening to podcasts, understanding and knowing the truth so you can combat the wiles of the devil. Your loins with truth. You've got to know the truth. You've got to love the truth. Then it says you've got to have the breastplate of righteousness on. That's simple. You've got to live righteous. But we also understand when you get saved, you become righteous. We ought to be living righteously. God says, what? To be holy for I am holy. And man, that is a doctrine that we've just thrown right out the door anymore. We've given reasons for everything under the sun why we can live any way we want to as long as we give the gospel. Do y'all know I was physically sick the other day? I, I got up on a podcast and I just read this. And there's two men on a video and they are on a podcast. And here's the name of their podcast. Beer in the Bible. And they're sitting there reading God's word, drinking beer visibly. And I thought, what a disgrace. And giving reasons reasons why, and I mean dogmatically in your face, telling you why they could do it. By the way, they can do it. It's a free country. But I'm going to tell you all right now, that ain't living righteously. Even if someone was to say that they don't think drinking is wrong, putting that up in people's face like that and being so arrogant and haughty about it, that's wrong. Certainly not holy. So we've lost that doctrine today. Be holy for I am holy. God says, look, I have made unto me a peculiar people, a people of my very own. Where's that went? Well, that's what the Bible talks about, but we ought to walk around with the breastplate of righteousness. Do you know what happens? Do you all know why that is a defense mechanism? Because he's talking about the armor. Why is it important for you? Because you know what? If you're living like you ought to be living, there's a whole lot of people that ain't going to come to you. They're not even going to tempt you anyhow because they're going to say, oh, it will be a waste of time to go and talk to so-and-so because they're already, they're godly, they're holier than thou. That's what they'll say. But they will not even try. Somebody say Amen. Live righteously. Then notice this, the next one. These are all simple, but it says your feet should be with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So what's another one that is an offensive weapon? Or we're dealing with this wiles of the devil, this crackness of the devil. We're fighting against wicked places, wicked powers, and dark places, wickedness. What are we to do, Pastor? Well, God says we're to stand. When everything else is done and you're at the bottom of the barrel, you still have to say no. But also, during all of that, you can know and love the truth. You can live righteously. But what's the next one? With, this, with your shoes shot with the preparation. Are y'all spreading the good news? Y'all know it's been a long time since I've been in one of these um, neighborhood restaurants and I've not seen any of our tracks. I used to go into 
different places and I'd see our tracks. I'd see them at the gas station. I would see them on uh, different places. I'd see them at the hospital when I'd go to Memorial. And I'm not saying I hope none of y'all have to go there, but I used to see tracks. But by the way, I've noticed I'm not feeling the track rocks up as much as I used to. Are we spreading the truth? By the way, I've been really trying to talk to the class downstairs. We've got a great opportunity right now. God, for some reason, has brought us a bunch of visiting young couples. We better do our very, very best to be helping them and trying to get them plugged in. Now, I know ultimately it's their decision. But I think we can help along with that. We ought to be spreading the good news. That's offensive. Then can I say... Notice, just simple, these are simple, above all, taking the shield of faith, above all, living, here's what we're doing, we're faithing God, we're trusting God, yes, pastor, I know that we're in a death match, I know we're wrestling against spiritual wickedness, but I want you to know, no matter how bad it gets down here, we still win. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, I'm just trusting the Lord. One of these days, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. One look of His dear face. All sorrows will erase. You say, Pastor, how can you see that? I don't. I have to trust it by faith. Did y'all know what my tendency tomorrow is? Get up, be discouraged. <laughs> Just like yours. Yeah. And then it says this. You've got to faith God. Look at the next one. It's Just very simple. Then you've got to have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Here it is. Y'all ready? It's applying. It's using the Word of God. It's like a sword. You're stabbing. You're cutting. You're using it. You're using it as y'all your offensive weapon. As I mentioned a moment ago, it's the Word of God. The Lord Jesus Christ quoted scripture to the devil. And by the way, not one of y'all are going to look at the wrong thing or do the wrong thing tomorrow on a social media platform if you're thinking about Jesus. You're not going to do it if you're quoting a verse. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. But see, here's what we do. We don't do that. So what we do is we fail. We make a decision in the sin and into the flesh because we're simply not using the word of God. Amen. I mean, right when we're in the middle of our heaviness of our flesh and we're wanting to do something wrong, the last thing our flesh wants to do is remind us of what God's told us not to do. So you know what we do? We don't do it. We just ignore it. We put it away. We don't think anything about it. Or we excuse it like Saul did and say, oh, well, it's okay. It's not that bad. No, it's bad. Because it can lead us a lot farther than what we thought we would ever go. So I want you to notice we have to apply the word of God. And then last, we know the last element of our armor of God is prayer. It's basic. This is basic stuff. Man, we'd hope to think, man, God, we're dealing with this wiles of the devil. We're dealing with the crafty one. We're dealing with spiritual powers and wickedness. And I mean, these are in dark, high places. God, you got to give us some good weapons. I mean, give us some new stuff, God. No, we don't need new stuff. We just need to get reacquainted and stand on the old stuff. Because it works. Y'all know you're wrestling? Y'all are wrestling. And let me help every parent here just a second. And by the way, 
If your children are still at home and they're young, you better prepare them to wrestle. I do realize I've made a thousand mistakes in my parenting. But I can promise you this one, t- one thing. I would have done a whole lot more, and I think I already got on my two children's nerves. I'm going to tell you all right now. I'd do it again and get on their nerves worse. Because I can tell you right now, I certainly probably did not prepare them like I should have to wrestle like they should wrestle. So I want to say to all of you that are getting ready to have one or... and. Praise God for them. Y'all getting ready to have one. And all of you that still have them at home, you better get them prepared now for the match. And you need to be careful, but be wise. Be careful, but be wise. But let them understand that they're in the match of their life and there's someone out there that wants to, but there's someone that loves them and will help them and keep them right where they need to be. And the God loves them. And by the way, he's greater than the devil. Amen. But prepare them in wisdom. And that's where you've got to ask the Lord for wisdom. But we've got to prepare for this match. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. We'll be close. We'll close. Do you know I believe that there are waves going on right now in this, in our air. There's Y'all can't see them. But if we had a certain kind of equipment, we could pick them up. I will just give you, for instance, this radio station over here is a 50,000 watt radio station. And at times, that, those waves, they bleed over in our sound system here. We can pick that up. And so I'm not trying to scare you, but there's things going on. And I thank God he doesn't let us see them. But it does, or here, but it does not change the fact that it's not going on. And so when God tells us to put on the whole armor of God, these basic things, they ought to be premier for us, vital for us. And we should get very aggressive with them. Not be passive, but be aggressive. I know that's frowned upon today just a little bit. But it's important. With head bowed and eyes closed tonight, can I ask you, do you understand being a Christian is wonderful, but it is a match. It's wrestling. We're in a warfare. The devil is cunning. Do you know what we need? We need to put on the whole armor of God, and we need to wear the armor of God. We need to just not say, oh, I've heard that all my life. We need to start putting those articles in our lives. Wherever we're the most weakest, I would hope and pray that the Lord has already spotlighted in your your life. And we'll cinch them up tonight. So I'm going to ask you right where you stand. You know the Lord has directed you in some matter. He's given you something there, knowing somewhere where you're weak. Why don't you thank him for loving you enough to tell you? And how about you tonight, cinch it up? Let's pray and ask him to help us. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. 
We want to thank you for your goodness. We want to thank you for your grace. And Lord, tonight, I pray that you'll help us to take these words very serious. Lord, there's many times in our life we don't take them serious. But I pray you'll help us to be vigilant, for us to be sober, because we realize that our adversary, the devil, seeking whom he may devour, we know that he is very crafty. And so, Lord, we need your wisdom. You have given us and you've revealed so much to us. But in this day, the devil comes at us in so many forms, so many ways, so many manners, God. I pray you will help us to have wisdom. To be able to recognize things for what they are. I pray you'll help us. Before I say amen, can I just ask this? How many of you know the Lord has spoken in your heart about something? Would you raise your hand? And you let God help you with it. Again, Lord, we ask you, take these truths, speak to our hearts, in Jesus' name, and all God's people said. Listen, have a great night. All of you that are visiting, thank you for coming. God bless you, and we will see you again. Any of